listening, Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. In this episode, I talk with Eric Lentz Gautier. He's an aerobatic glider pilot. I have to think that out in my head every time I want to say acrobatic. But here's the thing about this story. So, he's always had a love of aviation, but the path that it took him down and the stories he has to tell are just fascinating. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, so sit back and listen to the conversation with Eric Lentz Gautier. Hey, Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, Jane, good to be here. So I'm going to work on that intro one of these days, but for now, we'll just keep moving with that. Um, and we, this is our second take. That's for the listener's sake, so they can laugh about that. Um, I like it. I so, like it. works for me. I know. It was pretty fun. It's always fun to do it twice, but we don't have anybody snapping that thing in our face about take two. So we were, we were good that way. All right. Yep. So I've got Eric Lentz-Gautier with me today, and he was brought to me by my brother who equally stalks Instagram, just like me, to find cool people to talk to on the show. So my brother, I think, is lobbying to be my manager and agent one day. So that's part of what goes on here. But he thought you were so interesting after he saw your content on Instagram. And that's how I found you. So why don't you tell people what it is you do? Well, that's cool to hear. Um, yeah, I'm a, a glider aerobatic pilot is uh, definitely what he saw on Instagram, because that, that's what I post about there. Um, and I, you know, to be honest, I don't really know how much people know what that is when I say glider aerobatics. Um, yeah, so, you better explain that. I, d- I didn't know anything about I, it. Have you ever been to an air show? I have not. I've been in an airplane. <laughs> okay. Like a big That's one. That's a good start. Yeah, <laughs> and actually yeah, a small so, one. I've been in a company plane too. So, but anyway, go on. That's another story. So yeah, the, gl- <laughs> the, the gliders I fly have wings like, like the airplane you were probably on. <laughs> um, they're the, the all white, really sleek looking airplanes with no engines. Um, they're called sailplanes. They're made of fiberglass. They're like really fancy canoes of the sky, maybe more like kayaks of the sky. Um, <laughs> And normally, the normal sport for, for sailplanes is cross-country flying. They kind of do like what hang gliders do, 
where they take a toe up or they launch somehow, get into the sky, and then they'll use thermals and different kind of conditions in the sky to stay up and, and fly long distances and that kind of thing. Um, but what I do is different. We're like a, a little tiny part of a little tiny world. Um, we do aerobatics in those same types of machines. So, so you've got no a, engine. You've got no engine. Like that's propelling. right. No okay, engine. continue. All right. I had to make sure yeah, I so got it, that right. Yeah, yeah. It's no. It's kind of a weird thing um, to not have an engine be up in the sky. <laughs> um, but we we tow up behind another airplane that does have an engine, and then we get up to altitude, and we use that altitude to do three or four minutes of an aerobatic routine and it's a lot like uh the kind of maneuvers you see at an air show if you've ever been in an air show or mm-hmm. seen that kind of thing. You know, i'm sure you've seen that kind of thing somewhere loops and rolls and right i think I've seen, that, I've seen that in movies but usually they had an engine that sure. was making that happen so yeah you yeah. really you, <laughs> you don't see the glider aerobatics very often it's a it's a small sport within a small sport um, but it's the same same type of flying but we do it in these uh, gliders with no engine okay so I'm picturing this because I was just kayaking a couple weeks ago so I've got the kayak image down I've got yeah. the I've got a little bit of the spinning and rolling image down from movies it's the fact mm-hmm. that you're dropping just, yeah, out of a plane a, <laughs> take, take, take a kayak paint it white give it some <laughs> give it some long wings and you're getting pretty close. All right. You already got the, you even got the rudder pedal in there. We've got the same <laughs> thing. So you, you just need to add a, a stick and that, that controls what's out on the wings. And, and yeah, that's about it. So <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind for me is that it must be the kind of sport where it's so much about the feel. Like you have to have this intuitive feel of what's coming up. Because it's air. It's not like water where you can go, oh, there's the wave. I'll catch it. And now I can, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, see, you're 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 starting in on a on a on a path that I've spent like a lot of time thinking about. So okay. it's gonna be dangerous to ask these particular like what is it about flying? How does it work? Oh, I'm a scientist you know, at how heart. do you <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of I guess there's feel but but I think the feel is sort of based on um, just a, a study of of mechanics because it's all very it's all very mechanical and you can mm-hmm. understand it if you think about it long enough it, everything has like a very physical rational explanation it's not like uh, uh it's not like something that doesn't i can't think of a good well, example off okay. the top of my head but so um, is it like do you have controls in there that help you understand what's coming up ahead from a thermodynamic perspective or is this all just you well, so the way it works, the way the competitions work is they're structured a lot like a gymnastics competition. If you've ever seen that, in, I've in seen that the Olympics or mm-hmm. something. So you have you have a prescribed routine, okay, and then with within that routine, there's like different elements, like specific figures we call them, um, and then we've got a panel of judges sitting on the ground. We got about half a dozen judges, hmm. and they watch the flight from start to finish. You start at 1,200 meters, and the bottom of the of the box is 200 meters. So you've got 1,000 meters to work with, and you do about 10 figures, and the judges give you a score of 1 to 10 on all those figures, and that's how it works at the end. And then, then after about a week of, of going through flights like that, uh, then you've you've got, you've got a competition. You've got you got <laughs> that's how that's how it goes. And 
if I read your Instagram right, you're a pretty big winner, right? I've I've done I've done pretty well the last few years. I've won the the U.S. national championships uh, twice now. We've had it about every two years for the last uh, four five years. I've been in flying series competition. Okay. Um, and I've done I've, I've had a pretty good run at Worlds, and I've flown a lot of European competitions. I uh, haven't haven't got the big prize at Worlds yet, but I've yes. got some little medals for indi- yes. individual flights. And, well, you were in just in I've Italy. been happy with my performance. Yeah, I oh, was just good. in, just got back from the contest season. I was a, a month in Italy and a month in Poland. We had a, a lot of competitions this year. Oh, that's fun. Now, is this is this what you do for your work? I mean, there's so many questions. I'm trying to pace myself, but that we'll go with that next. Hmm. Yeah, well, as much as possible. It's kind of a, it's a small little sport. So I'd say uh, I've done, done a little bit of coaching, but it's a, uh, it's mostly a passion. Okay, I gotcha. So, I mean, I didn't know if this is like a paid kind of gig. You know what I mean? Because I know nothing about it, which is the fun right now. The sport, for the for the most part, is is very sort of Olympic style. And okay. Kind of old old school. Olympic oh, style. so very self funded. Okay, got it. For the for the most part, for the vast majority of pilots, yeah. Okay, so how many how many people are in this sport? Uh, it's tough to say. I can, I can tell you at a world competition, we have about between 30 and 50 pilots in each category. And we've got two categories up at the top, advanced and unlimited. So there's a, it's a pretty decent, decent sized group of people at the worlds and, mm, and they're okay. all flying at a re- really high level. So we end up with a pretty big, pretty, pretty tight contest. It's a pretty intense thing. Oh, how exciting. So uh, how do you train for that? You train, you train by, by doing that, like most things. Uh, so I had a, you yeah, must had have a, a regular plane that you must have access to a plane all the time then to get you up there. Uh, well, actually, that's kind of a, a big, big challenge in the sport is finding an airplane to, to fly because there's really only one airplane that's competitive at the highest levels. And it's called a Swift. It's a Polish glider. And they were all built kind of in the mid-90s. And there's about 25 of them in the world. And that's it. So you got to find one of those airplanes. And uh, so every year, the last uh, few years, I've been going over and training with the Italian team. Oh. And they've been, they've been generous to, to let me join them and, and fly their airplane to, to train in and to compete in. So I've, yeah, I've actually had a... A good chance to fly a lot of different Swifts. Now I, I got to fly the French. The French team was uh, generous enough to let me fly the airplane this year. Last year I got to fly with a German Swift, and my first year over there I was flying the Polish team Swift. So <laughs> you get around, is what you're saying. How do you? Well, is well, that... <laughs> uh, I'm trying trying to fly them all. Yeah. <laughs> is that normal? Like that everybody gets to share everybody's planes, or are you just really good um, at networking? It, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a small sport, so there's there's a, a lot of collegiality in the sport. Oh, it's a, it has a really nice atmosphere that way, and uh, all the airplanes are the same. So, so it's not like other sports where you have to be hyper tuned to just mm-hmm. your individual airplane. Uh, okay. You can kind of you can kind of move between airplanes. Yeah, as I'm saying this, I kind of want to take it back because it's not really true. They're all a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So while you can switch between the airplanes, it is a challenge to switch between the airplanes. So I'd say most most people competing at the high level have uh, 
either have their own airplane or they have a you know their national team airplane that they train in well so basically the sport is a european sport and all the competitions happen in europe um, and there's just a couple of us that come from outside of Europe to compete. So there's me coming from the U.S., and this year we had a couple other pilots coming from the U.S., and then there's a, a Japanese pilot who's been coming over. But for the most part, it's uh, European pilots and teams and airplanes. So. Okay, but and I don't mean to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't. But d- did you say you won okay. the U.S.? competition yeah so i won the the u.s nationals so there there are competitions here we do oh Oh, we have we have we have one we have the national championship oh just national not world i get it there's yeah 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 yeah, exactly now i get it (laughs) took me a minute Mm -hmm. okay so you don't have your own plane no we've got a we've got a glider port out here in uh williams it's couple hours north of san francisco and we've got a it's called a fox it's a two-seat airplane um but it's all it's also uh specifically made for just for aerobatics so that's what i've done a lot of training in over here and flown the national championships in that airplane okay Um, but that airplane is not quite competitive at the highest levels over in europe so i switched to the to the single seat swift and so that's where i've been been fortunate enough to be able to to share airplanes with other teams because otherwise you wouldn't be able to compete right without one you'd have yeah to you re- yep you gotta you gotta find an airplane <laughs> they can't really like pack it in your luggage or anything like that you probably if you had to bring your own plane it must be pretty tricky shipping airplanes around the world that gets pretty expensive I um guess. but yes. it's not unheard of we had a competition in dubai a couple of years ago and so everybody there's no gliders in Dubai so everybody had to ship their airplanes from from Europe I was uh I don't have a glider so I didn't have to deal <laughs> with it deal with it I was I was oh. lucky one of the, the German pilots uh shared shared his airplane with me again not like playing soccer a little bit different <laughs> it's a little bit different yeah. than soccer yeah a little bit different than soccer you don't have to run as hard <laughs> Although the risks might be greater, which leads me to the question that I think people are wondering, why has she not asked this yet? How do you land? You land just like a normal airplane, actually. It's, okay. uh, it, it works just the same way. In fact, when you're landing a normal airplane, you pull the power back to idle. So you're basically landing as a glider or very close to a glider. Mm. The only difference in the glider is if we don't like our approach for some reason, if we don't get it lined up just right. Uh, we don't really have an engine to to go around, so you get w- one chance at the landing, so you got to do it right the first time. <laughs> Has that always gone pretty well? It so far, it's gone pretty <laughs> well. Yeah, I haven't had any uh, haven't had any major disasters yet. Okay, so here in Wisconsin, there's this really big um, air, aerobat like uh, what is it? Airplanes. That's all I can call it. Um, in Oshkosh, have you ever come to that? It's supposed to be the biggest one in this. I think in the country. That's funny you mentioned that. Um, yeah, that is a huge, huge contest, and it's always right around the same time as the world competition. So I've never made it out there. Oh no! But they're actually they're moving the U.S. National Powered Aerobatic Championships to Oshkosh this year. It's not going to be at the same time as the air show, but it's going to be. Hmm. Uh, it's actually coming up in the next couple weeks. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Well, yep. maybe I'll have to come up there. Are you going to Are you going to be there? It's really not that uh, far from me. I should come watch. Yeah, you can go check it out. There's it's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, I'm not going to be there. We're not flying the unlimited category of gliders there this year. But oh, okay. I 
think there will be some people flying gliders in different categories there. The biggest group of glider pilots in the U.S. flying aerobatics is actually the U.S. Air Force Academy. Hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. They have a bunch of cadets that come out and fly the national championships in their Air Force Academy training gliders. That's really cool. That would be my son would just love that. I might have to go check that out. Yeah, it's yeah. a neat thing to see. Yeah. I know. So, how did you get into this sport? <laughs> how did I get into this sport? You know, it's uh, it's one of those things that I sort of grew up with airplanes on the brain, and I can't really goes back so far that I can't tell you where the entry point is because it's I think I was just sort of there from the start mm-hmm. so I've seen um, that. Mm-hmm. so yeah gliders were uh were the natural well that was kind of serendipitous we had a just sort of a family friend of my stepmom it was a local butcher who got to be friends with my stepmom and he turned out to be also a glider instructor at a nearby glider port it was about 45 minutes away so when I was really young, when I was like 13, started going up and taking lessons with him. 13? we got to be... Ooh. Yeah, you can actually start flying gliders a little bit younger than those things. So you can, you can solo when you're 14, and you can get your license when you're 16. So you can get started pretty young. That's cool. Yeah, it's a neat thing. It's a nice, nice little loophole in this. So you can actually like spend a couple of years flying gliders on your own before you can actually get your driver's license. <laughs> that makes you seem really cool, doesn't it? Probably was probably went over pretty big with the girls at the high school and or I don't know, middle school and all that. <laughs> no, it doesn't work at all because you can't you can't show up, <laughs> you, you can't show up to school in a glider. It just, just doesn't work. I guess and then so. then of course you can only fly by yourself. So what are you gonna do? So all you can do is try to tell people about it, but nobody knows what a glider is. So they're just like, okay, whatever. So if anyone's looking to the glider to up their game, cross that off the list. It's no, it's 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 absolutely the wrong way to go. Become a dancer, or I don't know if you're really good at driving, get into Formula One or something. Because yeah, aviation is you gotta you gotta be in aviation just for aviation's sake. So tell me, what what is one of your favorite experiences of flying? Gosh, there's been so many. I know. While um, you're thinking, maybe we should mention that it's about a hundred and five degrees where you are right now right? oh it's brutal i'm just camped out in front of a fan here <laughs> sit, sitting with a cold water and try yeah it's, yeah it's not so bad but if you start moving around if you get out of the direction of the fan it gets bad pretty fast ah. but you know when i think about it i think my favorite time um with flying might not even be in the airplane it might be might be on the ground just having the chance to uh to see some really interesting airports around the world mm. and see really interesting pockets of this aviation culture that exists everywhere and sort of a little bit, you know, everywhere in the world has a little bit different heritage with aviation in particular when you, when you get into glider aerobatics. Then you get into a really particular little microculture with these mm. interesting her- heritages and just interesting people. So it's been a... It's been a really amazing chance to to get to see some of that. You know, from the outside, it's always cool to get a glimpse into these sort of, um, I don't know what to call them, but these subcultures, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even when I was talking with people who are like van lifers and hearing, that, uh-huh, like getting connected uh-huh. with that. So this is another one of those. It's really cool. What? So what is it... Um, 
How often do you go and travel with and see people that are doing this just for the main European contact competition? Yeah, so, so, so for the last, uh, last few years, it's been the summer, the summer is when the big contest season is. Mm -hmm. So there's the world championships, which is the main event every year. It's the one that counts. And then, so I'll go over about a month before the world championships and that's when I'll do my really intense training i won't i won't fly super intensely the rest of the year but but mm -hmm. for that month before the world championships i'll i'll fly pretty intensely flying you know almost every day and uh just you know stay nearby wherever the airport where i'm training is is it um, is it physically demanding uh in a certain kind of way it's not it's not something where you have to be like an olympic athlete to mm. to do it but it hurts <laughs> that's about it you have to just sort of you it's just g tolerance and and i don't know what your body does but your body figures it out right. it gets acclimated to it so so the first week is always a little bit a little bit of a stroke you know the first couple of flights you're going to feel a little nauseous and mm. and uh have a hard time with the g's but you know, after after the first few days of, of training or flying a little bit, uh, you get reacclimated, and mm -hmm. it always it always still hurts a little bit. But um, but yeah, you don't have to be an, an athlete. You just have to sort of be able to sit there and take take it. <laughs> <laughs> and you might have to be a little bit agile to get in and out of the plane itself. It's not yeah, like, that helps. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking that it must take a lot of core work, you know, because <laughs> you're you know that wouldn't that, that kind of stuff wouldn't wouldn't hurt at all. It, <laughs> that that makes it easy to withstand withstand G. If you're a little bit stronger, then mm -hmm. that's that's good for G. Like you see the guys in the Air Force and the Navy, the guys flying fast jets, mm -hmm. pull, pulling really heavy G. Those guys spend a lot of time in the gym, <laughs> and, it, and it makes a difference. We're we're pulling about the same amount of G. Um, you know, as much as, as nine G's, but it's sustained for a really short duration in the glider. So it's mm -hmm. not the same kind, like the guys flying the military jets are pulling nine G's where they just have to sit there and take it for multiple seconds, which is huge. So, okay, this is new to me, so I have questions. So is it like kind of like a slap in the body? Is that what it is? Like just like smack or what is it like? Have you been on a roller coaster? It's kind of difficult to explain without actually. Okay, I have. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. So you you you'll you feel a couple of G's on a roller coaster, okay. um, and that's yeah that that's the. Otherwise, it's tough to be. It, maybe it's like mm, it's not like being underwater. It's just everything gets heavier. Every, every your fingernails get heavier. Your hands get heavier. Your uh -huh. skin gets heavier. So you make all these r ridiculous <laughs> fac facial expressions as your cheeks just like fall oh, off your face like in the cartoons where they just kind of like flap kind of thing like that <laughs> yeah, or, they melt, of, or they melt kind of like that they don't flap but they, they definitely <laughs> def deform you, you make some good expressions <laughs> you do have a gopro like mounted on your device yeah we use it we use a gopro awesome. use it use a gopro mostly pointed at the uh in, <laughs> not at you at the, yeah mostly at the instrument panel and use it a lot for training oh, okay um, 
so you can go back and review the flights. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while you got to po- point it back at your right. face. and Show the reality. Get some, get some <laughs> cool pictures and, and see the ridiculous faces you're making. <laughs> so is there, is there a good reel of that on your Instagram or one that you can share with me? Because that would be so fun to look at. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few videos. Okay. I, can, okay. I can point you to a link. All right. So um, what is this? Do you do something else? Like, did you go right from like 13, 15 gliding and now I'm a glider or do you do something else too? No, there was, there was a break in between where I wasn't doing a lot of glider flying. Um, I, I got really serious into the glider aerobatic flying five or five or six years ago when the glider port where I learned to fly originally uh, brought home uh, this aerobatic glider. So when they brought that home, it was like, okay. <laughs> now you want now, to do it, yeah. Yeah, it's like if, you're, uh, if your brother brought home a Formula One car, it was like, okay, okay well, now we're going to race Formula One. He brought, <laughs> home, you know, brought home this this uh, world-class aerobatic glider, and it's like, okay, we're going to do that. Oh, so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, after, after college, I had a... A bunch of years of, of interesting adventures chasing around a solar-powered airplane project, oh. which is another just weird microculture and, and lots of uh, lots of stories from that whole experience, which is just kind of ongoing. <laughs> was that something you were designing and building or just flying them? So I started, um, I mean, I have to give you the whole story, I guess. I, well, because I keep asking questions, so sooner or later it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's if you're see. okay the with very, it. I mean, if, yeah, yeah. From the, okay. from the start, out of, out of college, I was doing some, these sort of video, whatever, little short video journalism pieces. And we got a chance to go do a piece about Tesla when they were just brand new. Mm-hmm. They just were and still had. You know, weren't selling cars, so we were like, it was it was pretty cool to to get to go see the factory and and get to meet the uh, the founder Martin Eberhardt, and got to get a ride in the car. That was all really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was standing behind the camera, and when they showed the drivetrain to us, they pulled out this motor and said, "This is you know a little a little bit bigger than a coffee can. It weighs like fifty pounds, and it's got two hundred and fifty horsepower." I kind of mm. stuck my head stuck my head out from behind the camera and thought that would be really cool on an airplane. Ah, I see where this is going. So I started just kind of asking questions from behind the camera instead of just standing behind the camera and I was asking them, you know, have you guys, are there any applications for aviation? Is anybody doing anything with this in aviation? Basically the answer was no. And they didn't really, yeah, the the answer was no. Mm -hmm. Um, Seems like an obvious transition though at that size. Well, it wasn't at the time. Um, at the time, uh, it was really, really far-fetched. I mean, you couldn't find anybody. You couldn't suggest the idea of an electric airplane to anybody without having them just, like, laugh at you and just miss it immediately because electric cars weren't where they are now. I mean, now it's more commonplace, so mm-hmm. it's it, it's not as uh, extreme-seeming. But at the mm-hmm. time, you know, Tesla was getting that kind of reaction of... of that's impossible. It's ridiculous, you know. So that was the whole initial um, thesis for Tesla was to sh- demonstrate that electric cars were viable and you could make an, a cool car. Um, but I couldn't let the airplane thing go, so I, I got <laughs> on the internet you know, on page like thirty of the search results. I found this kind of out of date website 
for this guy down in San Diego who had built a solar-powered airplane, and he had pictures of the airplane. The website was kind of kind of messy, so it was like kind of hard to get a sense for what was going on mm-hmm. down there. But the, the pictures of the airplane, there were pictures of the airplane, so you could see it was this pretty serious machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him a call and just said, I want to... I want to join you. Whatever you're doing, I want to help. <laughs> um, That's so cool. So if, if people are listening, they should know that that right there is passion about something. You actually, first of all, scrolled to page 30 of a search. <laughs> I think I yeah. give up after three pretty much all the time. So page no, 30. You, it doesn't. It doesn't start to get good until you get up into the into the high teens. Yeah, I'll have to try that next time. Good to know. Good oh, advice. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's like basically the the deep web as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so you called the guy up, and now where was he in proximity to you? He was down in San Diego. Okay. Or just outside of San in Ramona, and I had like a few courses left for my undergrad degree, so I figured, oh, that's great. I can go down to San Diego, live with a couple of friends I have down there, take take the last class I need, and and see what's going on with this guy with the solar powered airplane. And that's commitment. Yeah, so I did that, and the first day I went up to to meet the guy. His name's Eric Raymond. Um, I. I was there, you know, from the morning until late at night, got home. The next day I came up early in the morning and was there till late at night. And it was pretty clear pretty quick that that was what was, that was going to be the routine for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was just way too interesting what was going on in this little hangar in Ramona. Uh, I mean, at the time it was the only electric airplane in the world that was flying. That's and so it, cool. And it was, it's just this this wild, wild, wild thing, just at the absolute fringe of what's possible with engineering and building. And, and uh, yeah, I just, hap- I just happened upon this really interesting character. And, and uh, yeah, so I spent the next few years uh, working with him. And, and, and you know, start, when I started there, I was just working in the shop, just doing random composites projects, whatever he happened to be working on. And actually, one of the first things we did, he was contracted by, maybe you've heard of it, the Solar Impulse Project. It was the big solar-powered airplane that flew around the world and actually came, well, I guess you said you're in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it stopped by, maybe it stopped by Detroit, but I forget. Maybe Chicago or something? Uh, That's possible. Maybe that's what, I I forget what the route was. Okay. But yeah, they had huge publicity, but one of the first things we did was was build some prototype parts for them. So it was just, it was a really fascinating time because... All this stuff was brand new, and it really felt like, like, old school pioneering because it was happening. Right. In, it was happening in, in you know, private individuals' hangars. It wasn't like Thomas wasn't Edison a, or something like that, or um, like, like like all the old school or Apple, original pioneers yeah, yeah. for yeah 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 technology like, like your, Wozniak and all that yeah sure yeah sure sure it's interesting because I think back. Uh, to all the stories about uh, aviation pioneering, of mm-hmm. course. Cause, oh, right. Uh, Why am I not saying the most obvious one? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I grew the up with brothers. all the stories. Of, <laughs> sure, sure. That's, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of lot of characters like you know with similar interesting mm-hmm. stories like the Wright brothers. But but for a lot of years, we had a you know in the early days, it was all civilian uh, sort of weird characters here and there. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of years, the only really interesting stuff happening with aviation, not the only, but the the stuff that really was highly visible was 
with space and then the military and really going really fast and mm-hmm. going really high with really high dollar projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so being right at the right at the emergence of the electric uh, the arrival of electric airplanes and the possibility of doing that 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 was really fascinating because because that happened with private individuals again mm-hmm. just because because that was the only there, there was there's not an obvious uh, use or utility for these things so they have they're these just interesting projects mm-hmm. so it has they have to be done by these interesting dreamers it's beautiful though that's that's what makes the world exciting mm-hmm. so what happened then there's got to be more to the story than that yeah there's a little bit more to the story so well mm-hmm. so after a few months um like much to the chagrin of all his friends he offered to let me fly the airplane (laughs) 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 which was i mean he offered to let me fly it and i with no hesitation was like yes of course (laughs) but had it been flown before had it been flown? oh yeah yeah yeah. he'd been flying it for a year he first flew it in 1990 and he he rebuilt it a few different way he built a different wing for it different batteries as the technology sort of evolved so he was he's been really at the at the cusp of what's possible with this stuff for a lot of years um but yeah but this is his baby and and you know he has his close friends that he worked they're also really high level builders and engineers that helped him with different parts of it but it was it was a big deal when he uh, let me fly it because that was a pretty big pretty big uh trust to extend i know i know some of his friends were a little bit mortified but <laughs> <laughs> well, how, it just so happened that i was the right it was he was one of the. I think he really just wanted to share the experience because he'd been flying. He'd been the only guy flying a solar-powered airplane for mm-hmm. ten, fifteen years. So he's he would try to explain it to people like, "Look, this airplane's incredible. It can do all these things. It's amazing to fly." But he wanted to share the experience, and I just happened to be the right size. I was, you know, within ten pounds of him, and he's a, mm-hmm. p- a pretty light, lightweight guy. So I was right at the right at the upper limit of of how heavy you could be to fly the thing. Actually took my shoes off to fly it to <laughs> really oh my gosh so how yeah, long because your, oh, your feet are all stretched out at the front so just oh. wearing the shoe wearing the shoes would be enough to upset the uh, balance of the airplane so huh. left the shoes on the left the shoes and the parachute on the ground <laughs> the parachute <laughs> the parachute was too heavy so i left oh. that on the ground too <laughs> but that, it was one that of those trust that's trust yeah, it was after it was after getting to know him. So it, there was, you know, this trust a little bit both ways. Um, How you know, him letting it? me fly the airplane and me actually trusting this right. crazy looking airplane Without that he built. Without a parachute, right? So how long between when you showed up at his house and when you flew until you flew it? How long was that? Gosh, you know, I I don't Roughly. remember that timeline. Okay. I don't remember that timeline. Okay. But but whatever it was, not days, dur- but yeah. No, it was it was weeks or months, but okay. it was we were like spending all day every day working on stuff together so we, we got to know each other pretty pretty well and you were doing this all for free just like because you love it yeah more or less yeah wow. more or less got you know meals and and, <laughs> and to well, fly the plane <laughs> you know, to fly the plane and there was you know we spent some time together on the road and, and living live van life and <laughs> Yeah, so the not, story gets better and better by the minute. <laughs> it, it was some interesting adventures for sure. Yeah, because after so after our time in Southern California, he actually packed up the shop. He 
moved over to Europe and was working full time for that Swiss project. And some sometime in there, he we decided to do a tour of Europe with the solar powered airplane that he had. So uh, for a lot of that, I was driving the support van and. Mm. Just going along for the adventure. That was How fun. That was a that big trip. Yeah. I bet. Like all the. Oh gosh, I want to go along on that. So next time that happens, can you bring me along and I can collect stories along the way? Because that would be awesome. That yeah, would be incredible. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind, like, like confined spaces and, oh, and uh, oh. simple meals. Yeah, <laughs> you can go weeks on end without bathing. Sure. Oh well, that just lost a lot of its appeal right there. <laughs> but. But it's cool. It's but it cool works for, for yeah. the yeah for for the solar powered plane demographic, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, then what's next? What happens next? Well, let's we'll just fast forward to today. We're gonna skip over some really interesting. Can't go into all this stuff because it's right. Cause it's, it's a, a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff. But today he's got the next generation of the solar powered airplane that he's been flying for years, mm. and the so the one he has now is a two seat airplane, which is phenomenal. It's the only two seat solar powered airplane that's ever been built, and it's got it's got his just three decades of of refining this machine built built into it so as far as i'm concerned it's just the most impressive airplane in the world right now if you if you offered me a chance to to fly the space shuttle or to fly this thing i'd I'd go fly this thing again oh my gosh what a tribute to him and his work that's so beautiful so are they manufactured are they like going hey you've done something cool let's manufacture these no it's a very it's a very one-off it's called the Sunseeker Duo. That's the new airplane, and the the company is called Solar Flight. So if you want to see pictures of the thing, you can check out Solar Flight on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's got some phenomenal pictures of flying the airplane around. But it's a, it's I mean it's made by him and his wife and a few other you know small group of people. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not something you can just flip a switch at a factory and start churning out. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a really a high level. I mean. It's at the very fringe of what's possible with with modern materials and the highest technology composites and solar cells and batteries. I mean, everything is is really advanced technology. That's it's, incredible. It's, so, how did you like walk away from that and go do something else? Was it hard to leave that project? Uh, of course, and I have never, you know, we're still we're still close friends, and mm-hmm. I was just over there actually this summer. I, I visited them and actually got to do some good flying in, with the airplane. Um, so it's tough. The, the big challenge um, because there is no uh, there is no obvious utility for this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a re- really cool airplane. If mm-hmm. you enjoy flying and you want the the most amazing way you can possibly fly. Mm-hmm this is it but that's hard to sell because it, it, aviation is a tough world to make money in for anybody mm-hmm. um and and really really the only place where there's good consistent reasonable paying work in aviation is with defense contracts right so that's where a lot of the work is um so a it's just a, kind, yeah. it's always kind of aviation. a yeah, it's always a struggle to to figure out how to fund these passion projects. Um, so. so I'm going to bring you back to um, 
the aerobatic flying again. So what is uh-huh. your favorite trick to do? Can you describe it? Well, it's probably got a name, but if you could describe it, that would be helpful. You know, it's funny. The, what's enjoyable to fly and what's like enjoyable to watch are completely different things. I'd say mm. the barrel roll, a simple barrel roll is like one of the most pleasurable things to fly because you get, it's kind of like a loop and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a roll, but you have positive Gs the whole way around. So you don't have any negative Gs or anything really ugly like that. And you just kind of get this nice light flying in a circle upside down feeling which is really cool um the most challenging figure to fly and maybe the one i enjoy most because of the challenge of doing it correctly are snap rolls so a snap roll yeah so a snap roll is like you have your normal roll where you just you move move the control off to one side and and the thing does a normal you know flies in a roll Mm mm-hmm I'm not sure if you can imagine what a roll is when I say roll. <laughs> yeah, is it like when you fly to the side and then it like does a 360 over the side? Yeah, okay. that sounds right. Whenever you do this stuff, you always hold your hand up in the shape of an airplane. Yeah, I was um, doing that. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I literally maybe, was. I had my hand in the air and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just do this. Just So what you do is you hold your hand up okay. and your, th- your thumb and your pinky finger, those are the wings. Yep, got it. So, so you, sp- you spread those out. And right. if you just you just hold that straight out, if you twist your arm so you're like you're turning your palm pointing to the ground to pointing at the sky, yeah, that that would be a half roll. Okay. So if you can go all the way around, that would be a <laughs> that would be a full roll. Got it. Okay. I was <laughs> actually it, doing that. So yeah, funny. you actually you have to use. T- <laughs> it gets a little bit more advanced if you want to do full rolls. You have to use two hands, but you can do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a roll, and okay. a snap roll is. So that's a smooth, a smooth, relatively easy figure to fly. It's like a basic element in competition. A snap roll is a little bit more dynamic. Okay. So in a snap roll, what you do is you pitch the nose up. So if you hold your, your hand out again, yeah. when I say pitch the nose up, you're going to point your, your middle finger, which is the nose of the airplane, towards the, towards the <laughs> ceiling, like 45 degrees up. So okay, got it. I got quickly it. pitch it up. And you're going to do that at the same time you kick the rudder and, and hit the other one. So that's going to make one of the wings stall, stop flying. Okay. So one wing stalls, the other <laughs> one's still still flying and still making a bunch of lift. So it rolls the airplane. So if only oh, your thumb is... I get it. I get it. If only your thumb is making lift and your pinky finger is not doing anything, then the whole thing has to roll. Okay. And so it's an aggressive, kind of violent maneuver. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a really like subtle nuance for getting it balanced just correctly because mm-hmm. everything's moving and rotating and spinning and happening really quickly. So, <laughs> so that's a fun one to to work on and really try to master just because there is so much going on. Right, that does sound really complicated. I don't know how to drive a manual transmission vehicle, and oh. I get I get sick on the tilt a whirl at the fair. So pretty much all of this is off my list. But it's fun to hear about. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it all, you got to start somewhere. Everybody's the same. I mean, when I started, I, the first time, the first time I flew a role with my, my first instructor, it was just like, I, what just happened? I have no idea where I am or what happened or it just was a blur. Things were flying everywhere. I don't, and then the second time you fly it, it's, you know, you, you, you're like, oh, I'm upside down right now. Okay. I see what happened. We did it. Okay, kind of you absorb some information, and it just goes like that. And eventually, you're able to to sort of keep your awareness 
pretty sharp as you're doing more and more mm-hmm. complicated things. So good at your brain starting to like get to adapt to it, right? Yeah, you, you catch up to speed. Things slow down a little bit. Okay. So the barrel roll, is that the roll you were telling us about or is that one where you're going down? A barrel roll is called a barrel roll because it's like you're you're flying around the edge of a barrel. So you're kind of, you're making this big round roll in the sky. I'm doing it with my hand so you can see. <laughs> Except we're not on video, so it's yeah. not working. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. If okay. you like entered, if you entered a barrel with your hand at a uh-huh. 45 degree angle and then smoothly went around the outside of that barrel, that would be a barrel roll. Oh, I get it. I get it. Hey, those are great explanations. Have you had to do, this, do that before? I have. I have a few times. So. Oh, okay. I thought it was just like just invented that because it was really good. All right. So what is next? What's like the next quest in um, aviation for you? I would love to talk about it, but I can't. I can't talk about that. I can talk about some things, but the, yeah, my big project right now is secret. But, um, <gasps> no way. Are you serious? Yeah, I've got secret projects. <laughs> really? Like, okay. Um, oh, how to poke a hole in that. I'm working but we're on making that. stuff. We're making. We're going to be making some cool things. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited about now, just getting home from, from Europe for the last couple of months, is uh, getting back to projects with my brothers. We're building a lot of bicycles right now. So I, in the hangar where I'm sitting, i got an airplane that is going through a bunch of modifications, and then there's bicycle parts and projects and frames strewn strewn everywhere so we've got a good pile of projects to to get through here so you build bicycles too yeah my brothers and i we're all we're all pretty heavy into bicycles do you like design them or do you build them for people or just for yourselves between the three of us we've got some strong opinion yeah we've we've designed some a few frames i'd say so I've got two brothers, Evan and John Paul. John Paul's the most seriously proficient when it comes mm-hmm. to bicycle mechanics and building. So he, and then, then my other brother Evan and I, we're you know we've got ideas and and know what we want. We're happy to hold a file and, and do some stuff, but but we have to get John Paul up here to help us actually build the frames. But yeah, he's we've been building some cool frames. Now, how did you get and, into that? Like, do you, like it just sounds like you have the coolest life. Like you get to build and create things. Just cool time. machines, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then go yeah, have fun with them. Away. Like, who gets to do that? How do you get to do that? Bicycles. Mm-hmm. Bicycles are where it's at. It always comes back to bicycles. You just, you can just have so much fun with those things. I know. That's my um, that's my gig is bi- is bicycling. So I need a new bike. Your gig um, is bicycling. You yeah. got to be careful because if we get in on bicycles, we're not we're not getting out <laughs> of that subject. It's like a, it's a deep deep dark place that we can just live in for a long time well i need a new bicycle because mine is quite old and weighs a lot which i didn't realize i mean i lift it up under the trailer all the time but i didn't realize it till i went to look at new bikes and realized i could hold those up with like two fingers yeah and my bike yeah. takes like a grunt and a full squat so i need to work on getting a new bike <laughs> now bicycles are amazing and compared to other things like even compared to airplanes when you look at the the fit and finish mm-hmm. and the level of technicality, mm-hmm. just the level of machinery that's going on with a bicycle is at such a higher level than anything else I can think of. I mean, the, the standards of a, of a modern bicycle must be on par with the space shuttle. Oh, I know. I, cu- I couldn't believe it when I went to look at new bikes or when I see people 
that I know who are getting new bikes, they're just beyond imagination for me. Yeah, when you, if you spend some time working on nice bicycles and then you look at a car or look at an airplane, even, even a nice airplane, it looks like it was just hammered together with rocks <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> That's such a good uh, picture. So do you ride the, like the roads out there in Northern California? Yeah, I try to try to use a bicycle for transportation as much as possible. I really enjoy that. So yeah, I've been I've ridden a lot of the roads out here. The last few years I was living in Santa Cruz and there's a you can you can do a lot of great riding in Santa Cruz. I got the mountains right behind. Right. So. It's gorgeous. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yes. So you leave home and you go up get lost in the woods for, in the mountains for a few hours and then then go downhill until you're home. It's great. <laughs> Except it freaks me out how it's the the roads are relatively narrow and like I, where I go it's you know Col- Coleman Valley Road do you know that road it's a really good biking road no I don't okay so it it goes it's perpendicular to the to the shore so it goes through a bunch of really cool countryside but the roads are so narrow and when I was driving out there people have to be pretty badass to ride bikes on those roads because they're first of all treacherous as far as hills and all that but then just the fact that there's cars everywhere. Yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of know your area and kind of get comfortable with a little bit of that, and then every road seems to have a different personality, and you figure mm-hmm. out which roads are the friendly roads and which ones are the really angry ones. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. Very yeah, true. It's, it's a weird. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to to be doing to be sharing the road with these big beastie cars everywhere. I know. So, do you have companies like a company that you make bicycles and airplanes, or this is just what you do? We are we're doing all our projects under the Gautier brothers name. Okay. My my brothers and I. So so yeah, all of our all of our different vehicle projects and, and whatever we're making is it's kind of under that tent. And it's all top secret. No, it's not all top secret. Most of it's most of it's fun stuff like bicycles and <laughs> So if I Google Gautier Brothers bicycles, I'll find something? No, you'll just find, you'll find it on Instagram. You can see what's okay. going on there. You'll see some uh, some pictures of my brother. He's over testing the uh, touring bike we just made. He's over in France having a good time with that, getting lost in the Pyrenees. And oh my gosh! What <laughs> yeah, life. Sending, yeah, he's having a good adventure over there. So he uh, he's an yeah. iron worker here in the Bay Area. He took a took took some time away from from jobs there, and he's just just having a good adventure in france right now with the bike That's built. amazing wow good job carving out great lives to you and your brothers and we're trying to we're working on it i'm actually mm-hmm. gonna go and he's he's been well he hasn't been sending that many pictures back i keep bugging him to take more pictures but every time he does I'm, i get pretty jealous of, of <laughs> what, where he is and what he's doing so i'm trying to get ready to go join him here in a couple of weeks oh nice I've got a good excuse to go back over to italy because uh there's a competition coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're going to go fly a competition in Italy and do oh, some bike riding. Fun. Yeah, combine the two best things. Again, I think I should just follow you around and be your story collector. And I can but, operate a camera, sort of. So That sounds great. Sounds <laughs> great. We'll get, we'll get you fixed, fixed up with a good touring bike and right. hit the road. I won't know what to do with one like that. I'll be like, huh? Because I ride it, yeah, it'll be fun. Be fun to live. Yeah, you just just sit on it and pedal, and <laughs> I think I'll be okay. The, I'll be okay. Enjoy the scenery, yeah. Oh, I'm and so you, envious of that. What a great life. What fun. This this story went places I did not anticipate. This was so fun. 
yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it, I'd say uh, going through life has taken me places I did not anticipate. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, that's true. If you look at it the right way. That's, you know what I loved? Actually, the serendipity of you, the butcher. You know, your stepmom knowing the butcher and then the gliding place and then that led to and then they got the competition one and now you're doing it. It's so cool how it all just like showed up. And then you the original, up, yeah. the original connection with yeah Kenny, Kenny the local butcher. <laughs> We're still, still good friends. He's a great guy. Yeah, pay atten- We gotta, we have to pay attention to those people that give us that next step. You know. Yeah, they're always. You know, when I was on a bicycle tour with uh, one of my brothers, we found that every time we got into a situation where we weren't quite sure where we were, or where we were going, or what to do, or what the right thing to do was, or where we were going to get water. We always crossed paths with somebody who was really strange and out of place. And it mm. became this regular thing. And they were like our our guardian angels on this trip. Like There was this one time we were riding, we took a wrong turn, and we were down like east of San Diego, just going into the desert somewhere. Mm. But we were going the wrong way into the desert. So we were just like on this this road that would have gone for miles and would have been a disaster. And we stopped at this, like, whatever info point. It was just, just a pull off on the road. Mm-hmm. There was nobody. couldn't see anything <laughs> for miles. And we were kind of out of water. We were, like, really down to our last drops. And we are like, this is this is kind of not, not good. Like, we're not really scared for our lives, but we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> not we great planning, this, right? right? Yeah, well, we just took a wrong – I don't know. We took a wrong turn. We were out of water. It just – wasn't wasn't the best spot so we saw this dust trail on the horizon it was getting closer and closer (laughs) it got closer it was this like mid-70s firebird it was all black with the t-top and like the big spoilers everywhere and the big gold firebird on the hood just ridiculous what and it comes like screaming into the parking lot where we're stopped with our bikes (laughs) and this native american dude gets out and he's like hey guys what's up where are you going? And we were like, yeah, we thought we were going this way. And he was like, you probably don't want to go that way. You should go back and go the other way. And we were like, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> and, and then he was like, hey, do you need some water? And he opened his trunk and he was like, yeah, I've got a bunch of extra water. You should take some. And we were like, that what? would also be great. What? And so he, he gave us a bunch of water and then he oh got back in gosh. his car and like went back the same direction that he came from. Like it as quickly as he arrived and we were like why why did that just happen this guy just came out of nowhere oh my gosh that <laughs> is such a cool story <laughs> it was awesome and I so we kept having it. these experiences we were like was, we were like okay i guess we, we almost expected that to happen because we keep getting these great guardian angels coming in and helping us with our journey here okay you are you have just become exponentially cooler and you're already so cool that like i don't even know how that happens but I, I want more of those stories. Why didn't we get to that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever driving that firebird, that guy was cool. <laughs> I want to find him again. What was the What was the movie with that? Oh my gosh! Uh, it was uh, Wayne. Remember? Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was going. I was going in a different direction, but yeah. <laughs> oh, Bert, Bert, Bert Reynolds. Yes. Bert Reynolds. There was this with he had a black Trans Am, didn't he? Oh no, no. Or were you thinking of the one? No, that's Night Rider. Right. That right. Were you thinking of Night Rider? No, it was a completely different direction. Okay. I wasn't. I was thinking about the car. <laughs> that's a great we'll stick story. With the car, though, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. That's a great story, though. Like, so you just feel totally like 
I've got faith that the right thing is going to show up at the right time, which is the way you have to go about it. If you don't, if you I don't know. I don't have, yeah, you don't want to just sort of like close your eyes and start walking down the highway. But <laughs> No, I mean, I have that thing too, where people show up out of nowhere. It's kind of freaky. Or I, I find things exactly that I need out of nowhere that I don't know how that, to find them. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's, it's nice when it happens. You got to yeah. appreciate it when it does. I know. Oh, well, this has been super fun, and I would love to talk with you for probably another, well, we'll, we'll stop the bicycle talk, or it'll be another five hours. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for um, taking a leap of faith and coming to talk to a stranger like me, because... Yeah, had, it was a did, lot of fun. I'm yeah. glad, we, glad we had a chance to do it. Yeah, me too. Um, I was wondering if you can tell people where, where to find you. Is it on your Instagram or anywhere else? Yeah, Instagram's probably the best place to to see what's going on with okay. me and my brothers. So I've got an Instagram page for most of my flying stuff, which is Eric, just my name, Eric Lance Gautier. And then all the stuff I'm doing with my brothers is uh, Gautier Brothers on Instagram. All right. I haven't seen that, so I'll have to check that one out for sure. Mm-hmm. See all of the shenanigans that the Gautier Brothers are up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got some fun projects. All right. <laughs> So will I get like a, when you do decide to release some of these things, can you um, let me know so I can share them out? Because I want to let people know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope to be able to to talk about some of these projects. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll let you know. All right. Well, thank you again for coming and talking with me today. It was really, really sincerely fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. Thanks for doing it. All right. See ya. Okay. Take care, Jay. Okay, so I completely enjoyed his stories and his storytelling because it went so many different places. I mean, that last one near the end there about the uh, Trans Am, I still can't get over that one. In fact, I'm going to Google that one, and I might even go all the way to page 30. So here's the thing that I took away from his story, though. He always had this love of aviation, and it's sort of threaded into all these different things in his life. And I looked at my own life and went, you know, what is the thing for me? And it really has to do with storytelling. So hearing people's stories, witnessing them, sharing them, reading about them, connecting with people, that's really who I've been at my core. And it's taken me so many different places. So I encourage you to do the same. Look at that thread that ties it all together. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.